Well, good evening. How many were in chapel last night? Praise God. Well, some of you might have not been, so I, I want to welcome you to a brand new school year. And I would like to just introduce our new chaplain, class of 2011, Jonathan Nails. And we're excited to have Jonathan. We're really excited to have Jonathan helping us in this role. And, and uh, didn't he do a great job last night? We're worshiping together tonight. And, and I know that God is going to meet with us. We're glad you're here. We really are. I'm glad my wife is here tonight. She was here last night. She's my good friend. She's also the one that helps me a lot. In fact, I've just my letter preach tonight. You don't do that? Okay. Stand up. Let's worship. Let's remain standing. Let's hear the word of the Lord together tonight before we pray. Reading again from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Let's pray together. Father, tonight we come before you as your children to worship you, to give you praise. To honor you not only with our songs, but to honor you with our hearts and our minds. We thank you, Father, for you have kept us through this day. And we thank you for your provisions and all that you do for us. Father, we just want to thank you tonight. We ask that you would be with us in this service tonight, Lord, that you would meet every need. I think of Jerome Cherry's uncle tonight who, who needs a physical touch from you. And Father, would you touch him tonight? And there are many other requests and needs that we have represented here tonight. And Lord, even though we don't call them, you know them already. And we lift them to you. For we know that you take them into your heart just as you receive us. And so, Father, hear our request tonight and work in those needs. And then, Father, help us to be receptive to whatever you would have for us tonight. Help us not only to 
hear your word, but to receive it deep in our hearts so that we might be like Jesus. This we pray in his holy name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You can be seated. My, it's good to be together again tonight, isn't it? Thank you, worship band and Jonathan for leading us in worship. And, and we're going to look at the kind of a continuation of what we started last night. Um, there's, a, there's a lake in Alabama, Lake Martin. It is a 44,000 acre lake. It has 750 miles of shoreline, encompassing three counties, in about seven, which is about 70 miles south of the city of Birmingham. My uncle has a beautiful vacation home on this expansive lake. On several occasions, we've made a trip to Lake Martin for a family vacation. Truthfully, my uncle is very unselfish and generous with his lake home. He'll drive from Birmingham and, and meet us there and take us into his home and treat us to a dinner the first night and usually leave after breakfast the next morning and just turn that beautiful home over to us. He'll give us the keys to the house, keys to the boat, keys to all of his water toys. And then he tells us he just has two rules. One, when you're on the water, everyone wears a life vest. And two, it's always best to keep the boats and the jet skis within this cove of the lake. And then he says, this is a big lake and people get lost on it all the time. Well, it was a summer midweek afternoon when I decided that I would explore the lake. Everyone was tired and taking a mid-afternoon nap and this was my chance. I fired up the jet ski and off I went. My mission was simple, to find Chimney Rock, the most recognized landmark on the lake. The spot is visited by thousands of boaters yearly who park in front of the rock to watch people climb up 60 feet and jump into the water. <laughs> it was a beautiful afternoon, hot, sunny, and the water was just so calm, not a wave to be found. Well, I opened up the jet ski and headed away from the house. Out of the cove. And into that vast body of water. I kept going thinking I would run into Chimney Rock. But suddenly I didn't recognize anything. And that shoreline just seemed to be the same everywhere I went. I didn't know where I was going, but I was getting there fast. And I looked off in the distance and to my surprise, I saw Martin Dam. Oh, I said, I've gone too far. I looked at my fuel gauge, and to my shock, I discovered that I was getting low. 
But I had then decided it's time to turn around and go back home. I turned and looked back and was absolutely horrified. I didn't know where I'd come from. I'd come a long way from home. And everything looked the same. I was alone on this 44,000 acre lake with 750 miles of shoreline and my mode of transportation was precariously low on fuel. So I turned it off and just sat there, bobbing up and down and thinking I should have listened to Uncle Bill. This chapter reveals the theme for the chapel this year, verses 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your paths straight. Last night we asked the question, in whom do you trust? We looked at the promise of God's blessings in the first 10 verses of this passage we read tonight. He promises that if you do what he says, you will prolong your life many years and it will bring you to prosperity. He promises then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. He promises he will make your paths straight. He promises that you would have health to your body and nourishment to your bones. He promises your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. In these blessings, we see a God who is faithful, gracious, generous, and trustworthy. We also noted that the promise is preceded by a command a principle, an admonition to be faithful. Look at the principles once again. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. One writer has said the, the main thrust of the teacher in this section is for commitment to God's will. He pleads kindly and earnestly for obedience to the divine directives for life. You see, the obedient life is lived in total surrender to God with all your heart and in all your ways. The Christ-like life is increasingly open to God's leadership and obedience to His commands. So, what are these commands we are to be open to? To receive and to be obedient to. Well, in Matthew 22, Jesus responded to the question 
of a, of a, of a keeper of the law. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. You see, Jesus concisely stated the command we are to openly receive and faithfully obey. Love God unreservedly and love others unconditionally. So how do we do this? I mean, loving God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind sounds good in chapel. But how do I live this way in the real world? With the daily temptation to compromise and conform to our culture. At times it, it seems like a big lake with lots of shoreline when it comes to obeying his command. How do we find our way to obedient hearts? And the gospel answers this question. You're, you are not expected to have obedient hearts on your own. Jesus refers to this in John 14 when he says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus promises two great truths. First, he promises his indwelling presence. In verse 20 we read, On that day you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. I think the Apostle Paul writes about this, captures this idea in Galatians 2.20 when he writes, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. And Dr. William Greathouse reflects on this passage by saying Galatians 2.20 reminds us that God's purpose in our salvation is to one end that in some divinely mysterious way, Christ may be reincarnate in our human flesh, living out his holy life in us. Such is the dynamism and the potency of the gospel of holiness. Christ reigning within, ruling all our powers and gradually transforming us into his own likeness in the power of his life-giving spirit. Amen. But he gives us a second promise. It is the promise of the instruction of the Holy Spirit. In verse 26 we read, But the, the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Now I'm no Greek scholar, but I know that 
that it's difficult to capture the, the meaning in English of the word parakletos. It has so many meanings. In the King James, it's referred to as comforter. In the, in the New American Standard Bible, we, we read helper. In the New Revised Standard Version, it's translated advocate. Well, the Amplified Bible really demonstrates this by saying, but the comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, stand by the Holy Spirit. Paracletus means the Holy Spirit is the called out one. You see, when I reflected on that, it seems to me that what Jesus is saying is whatever the need, the Spirit is for us. When we need a counselor, he is there as our counselor. When we need a helper, he is there to help us. When we need an intercessor, he intercedes for us. When we need an advocate, he stands with us. When we need strength, he is our strengthener. When we need somebody to stand for us, he stands with us. He is our comforter. You see, the Holy Spirit takes away our inadequacies and substitutes victorious living for defeated living. Amen. Wow. <laughs> I, I love what Paul says in Romans 8:11, and I, I especially like it the way Eugene Peterson does whatever he does with it in the message. It stands to reason, he says, doesn't it? That if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. Amen. When God lives and breathes in you, and he does, as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. With his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. You see, we are not expected to live a life of obedience in our own strength or in our own wisdom. The promise of Jesus is his indwelling presence and the instruction of the Holy Spirit. I have time to elaborate on that a little bit. You see, what Jesus is saying to us, that if when he comes to live in you in all of his fullness, the same Holy Spirit that guided his life guides ours. Think of that. The same spirit that empowered Jesus to overcome temptation is the same spirit that empowers us. The same spirit that gave Jesus the strength to pray, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And to face the cross is the same spirit that enables us to be obedient to his commands. 
for our life. You see, the call is clear. The path to receiving the promises is obedience. A life of obedience is Christ-likeness. The dynamic of Christ-likeness is the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Aren't you glad for that? Well, I'm back on that lake, and I'm just bobbing. What am I going to do? It's the middle of the week. I haven't seen a boat in 10 minutes. And finally, I saw the first boat. It was a pontoon boat. I chased it down. <laughs> I pulled up alongside of it. They looked at me and... And, and said, uh, who is this strange fellow on this jet ski? And what is it he wants? And I asked them, can you tell me where the marina is? And he said, which one? <laughs> I said, you mean there are more than one on this lake? He said, sir, there's seven on this lake. Which one are you wanting to get to? I said, could you name them? <laughs> and he started naming them. And he came down to the one that I recognized, Pleasure Point. I said, that's it. That's it. How do I get there? And he said, you go straight down this channel. And when you get to the fork, you bear right. I thanked him profusely as I fired up the jet ski and headed straight. I mean, I was locked in. <laughs> and when I got down to the fork, I, I stopped. And the fork was not just two lanes, it was three. Now which of them do I take? I didn't have time to get lost. I didn't have enough fuel to get lost again. Turn it off. And sat there on the lake, bobbing, once again, thinking I should have listened to Uncle Bill. And then I saw another boat. This time it's a, it's a, it's a boat pulling a skier. Well, I had to get on it to catch this one. But the skier finally fell, and the boat stopped. And I pulled up alongside them, and I said, can you tell me how to get to Pleasure Point? This is the honest truth. They said, you go straight down that channel, and when you come to the fork, bear right. I must have had this horrified look on my face, for they said to me, you know what, we're from that youth camp down here, and I tell you what we're doing, we're going to ski that way, you follow us. I got behind the skier on that jet ski and followed closely in the wake of that boat. And when we came to the fork, they said, that way, and I bared to the right. <laughs> You see why I lost? I bared to the right. 
And there was that familiar body of open water. And I made my way to the safety of the house, turned off the jet ski, went inside, and I said to my children, you know what Uncle Bill said? What, Dad? About staying in this cove of water? Yeah, Dad. Do what he says. This I know. I don't think I'd have found my way home that night if the kids from the U camp had not led me in the right direction. The obedient life is lived in total surrender to God. The Christ-like life is one in which we are increasingly open to God's leadership in our life and obedience to his commands. For folks, he knows the way home. Stand with me. Father, tonight look into our hearts. Look deep into our hearts. And where we have not faithfully obeyed you, forgive us. Lord, help us, and we know it can only be done with your help. Your indwelling presence and the power that that brings to our life. That we can serve you with all of our hearts. I, I believe that's the desire of everybody in this room tonight. Nobody wants to fall short of that. And yet in our humanness we often do. Help us to understand that if we, if we will really give our hearts totally to you, there will, there will come a, a, a renewed empowerment, a renewed desire to follow you with all of our hearts and in all of our ways acknowledge you. Again tonight, Lord, if there's anyone here that really needs to say to you, forgive me and restore that spirit within me. May you do that in their hearts and lives tonight. With our heads bowed, and we're not going to do any music, it, it could be that, that God is speaking to someone tonight, and you want to come and just make that commitment to him. And you want to publicly do that. We're going to wait a moment, and this these altars will be open for you to come and to make that public statement to him. Lord, I want to give you my whole heart, 
my whole heart. Jonathan, can we sing that, just that, Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul, I live for you alone. Thank you, Lord, for that, for that message to us tonight from your word. And uh, just keep teaching us, Lord. We have so much to learn. And we're eager to learn it. Because the great desire of our heart is to become more like you every day. I pray that you would bless our students and our faculty as they go back to their classes tonight. May it be a rich time of sharing together as we learn, as we learn more about you and how to serve you. Thank you again for this time. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Now to him is way to keep you from falling and to present you before his presence with, with great joy and without fault and and. And, and to, to take you, take you, take you as his children. May you serve him faithfully today, tomorrow, and forevermore. Amen. God bless you. Go in his peace.